0: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Outlast podcast. So we're going to be talking about Cornelius Noakes and Alan Turning. Cornelius says, and I quote, don't give those fuckers an inch. He's speaking to the reagents. I don't know how he actually speaks because I haven't played the game yet. I don't have a system and my boys relate. Why don't you just get a PC and play it? And I'm like, I don't want to go and buy like some top-notch PC and all this stuff. Like, one of my homies, he bought, like, all the streaming gear because he wanted to take it full time. He would stream for, like, a few months, and then that was it. You know what I'm saying? He stopped. And I just don't want to spend a bunch of money into stuff I don't really need. But I don't know. I'll figure it out. So Cornelius was actually a veteran in, in World War Two. He was an Air Force engineer until he was recruited and abducted by the Murkoff Corporation. He provided technical maintenance in the Sinaloa facility. Cornelius is reluctant to make friends because he knows most reagents won't live long and he feels guilty for taking part in their cruel treatment. His truest friend is his dog, a taxidermized animal named Tango. Just like the reagents, Cornelius would like to escape the facility if he could. By the time we meet Cornelius in the facility, we see that his spirit is completely broken. He is known not to make friends with any of the reagents he meets. He knows that they will most likely end up dead or brainwashed to the point of unrecognizability. Like the reagents, Cornelius is also a prisoner within the facility. We see him trapped behind a window in a cell, haphazardly set up to look like a mechanic's store. He sits at the store from tinkling away from devices seen throughout the trials. His inner trapped state along with his introverted nature shows that he hopes and willpower tethering a knife's edge. Being surrounded by an unwilling taking part in such monstrous experiments has broken his spirit and will to socialize. So Cornelius is an extreme introvert and quiet person <laughs> i definitely cannot relate to that one often speaking in short sentences and giving simple grunts and groans to anyone he interacts with he wants to know nothing about the reagents he meet due to the fact that he knows there's no point in making any sort of connection any reagent he meets will end up dead or brainwashed his refusal to interact with the reagents any further than the discussion of rigs often makes him come across as cold and unsympathetic to reagents. The first time reagents interact with him, he seems to refer to their pain, suffering, and worrying as mere sob stories. However, this is likely a defense mechanism he puts in place as to not start connecting with the reagents he speaks to, and deep down he does feel the pain for each reagent that goes through Despite his cold and quiet conduct deep down, there are signs of him caring for the reagents. Some of his dialogue encourage reagents to not let Murkoff get the advantage over them or harm them in any way, showing that Cornelius does indeed care for each and every reagent he sees, despite how he may come across to them. So, in the trivia, Cornelius is the only NPC vendor who appears trapped within their storefront. He just seems like a really good guy, and he just cares, but, like, he just sits there in that cell, I guess, and he's locked up. Like I said, I haven't played the game, so I really don't know where he's at or what he's doing, honestly, but it's just sad. It really is sad that, you know, he's stuck in there, so let's get into Alan. Oh, he's a creepy-looking fucker. He definitely looks like he's on some shady shit. So, Alan, who was a computer scientist, sorry, computer scientist, cryptologist, mathematician, and uh logician. Oh, wow, he's he's a lot. <laughs> he's deceased though, but he was born June 23rd, 1912, at the age of 41 and he died June 7th. 1954 he's a male with black hair and brown eyes and his appearance in outlast is mentioned only even though they got a picture of the guy looks like a real person so alan matherson turning was a mathematician logistic okay i just said all that stuff He was highly influential in the developed computer science, giving a formalization of the concepts of algorithm and computation with the Turing machine, which can be considered a model of a general-purpose computer. Turing is widely considered to be the father of theoretical computer science and artificial intelligence. Within Outlast universe... Allen's one of the main contributors for the studies which would lead to the creation of the morphogenic engine along with his co worker Rudolf Wernicke. Ooh, what a bitch. Turning working with Rudolf Wernicke on the studies that would later lead to the creation of the morphogenic engine until Wernicke returned to Germany. Years later, Turning was found guilty of being a homosexual And treated with hormone therapy, which caused severe damage to his body. Ooh. I wonder if that's HRT. Hormone replacement therapy. But this just says hormone therapy, which caused severe damage to his body. And Alan died on the 7th of June, 1954, as a result of cyanide poisoning. Ooh. It is disrupted whether or not he had committed suicide or died to an accidental exposure to the chemical compound. The world will never know. While reminiscing about their collaborative work to Miles Upshore in the underground lab, Vernege stated that Allen would weep if he saw how his creation had been used by the Murkoff Corporation. Oh. Well, Dr. Vernege, you're just a sorry sack of dog shit. I don't know. It seems like this Allen dude was on some bullshit, too. Because if he worked alongside Dr. Vernege, you know his ass was shady as fuck, too. There's just no way that he knew all this stuff was going on and didn't fucking, like, think twice about it. I always thought, like, the Outlast trials was before Outlast 1 and 2. Because I remember in Outlast 2, they, like, grabbed up Blake Langerman and, like, dragged him away and... A few others went as well. So I'm thinking, okay, maybe the third one will be before 1 and 2. So I'm thinking that it's backwards in a way. I feel like, I don't know, maybe 3 Outlast Trials is number 1. Then Outlast is number 2. And then Outlast uh, 2 is in the number 3 spot. Maybe that's how the story goes. I have... Zero-ass idea. Honestly, I really don't know. And don't get me wrong. Outlast Trials seems pretty cool. I mean, I haven't really watched the uh the campaign version or the version where you play with your friends. I've watched a little bit, like Snitches Get Stitches. I watched that one. That one seems a little bit of a boring map. I watched the one with Mother Gooseberry. But now that the game has fully been released and has been out for a few months now, definitely I want to watch a lot more. A part of me doesn't want to, like, watch it because I want to play it. But a part of me just, like, says, fuck it. And just, like, watch it anyways. Because, you know, when I play it, I'm definitely going to probably forget anyways. So, yeah, it's just... I don't know. I feel like it would be a cool experience just to play the game and play with some homies. That was one thing I asked. And Red Barrels did exactly what I asked. And that was to make it, like... Where you could play with your friends. Because I was like. This is such a fun fucking game. But what makes it boring. Is that you can't play with other people. Whether they're strangers or your friends. And I think that's what made video games fun. You know like. You don't want to play Call of Duty. And the whole time you're playing multiplayer. It's with CPU. Like that could be cool. If you're like trying to learn something. Or you're trying to be the final kill cam. But eventually that shit gets really boring and so i thought outlast was lacking that but now they got the campaign version and then they got the version where you can play with your friends i think that's pretty dope i don't know where they're going to go from here because there's not really any characters or really a big story for the trials i don't know if it was because it was rushed i don't know if because they just don't really give a fuck about the characters I mean, the only ones that really have a good backstory is, like, Mother Gooseberry and Leland Coyle. Like, there's not much about uh, Cornelius. There's not much about Doris. There's not much about whoever that other bitch was. The blonde bitch. I forgot her name. It looks like a nurse. There's not much about the grunts, the pusher, the pouncer. They're just, like, I don't know. They seem more like variants. From like Outlast 1 where the variants don't really have a backstory. You know, they're not like the antagonists. Like Chris Walker, Traeger, Eddie Gluskin, Sullivan Noth, Marta. Who else had a little bit of a backstory? Blake Langerman, Jessica, Father Milch. You know, all of them had like long backstories and explained shit. But these new characters really don't. And I wonder that one character that they did, like, a drawing of. It looked like a woman with a headset on, and then she had, like, blades coming, like, Wolverine style. Coming over top of her regular fingers. I don't know if they ever used that. I mean, the picture's still on Google. So I don't know if they used that for, like, the story mode for the game. Or did they use that character for the multiplayer online version? I have no idea. There's just not a lot about these characters. So I feel like I'm going to run out of fucking characters, which I feel like I'm close. I thought I could make this podcast a lot longer and shit, but damn. (laughs) Obviously not. But I would love to sit down with anybody who wants to talk about Outlast. I mean, I do have Zoom. I pay for the motherfucker. So if anybody wants to hop on Zoom or meet me in person and... Sit down and like chat about Outlast, and I'm down for that shit. Like I said, I'd like to speak to a bunch of different people who love the game. I'd love to eventually talk to the people who made the game or played the part in making the game, whether it was sound design, the graphics, the character development, the actors who played the characters. Maybe one day, maybe one day that will happen, and that would be amazing. Because if I got just a bunch of people, like the fans, to talk, and then turn around and got the actors who played all those characters and then got them to do the voice as well, Ooh, that would be dope. And then if I got like pretty much everybody from the uh, executives of Red Barrel to, you know, the game devs to all of that sound design, the whoever created the wall, like I don't even care. I want to talk to the person who even just created the fucking wall. Like, if you played a part in making Outlast, I would love to sit down and talk with them. And so, I feel like once I did all that and I talked to a bunch of fans and shit, I could probably just end the podcast and never do it again. Unless that they came out with another game. But, yeah, that's my mission is to talk to as many fans as I can and then turn around and try to talk to the game devs and, you know, the higher-ups of Red Barrel and see how this game or the games came together and then that would be pretty much the end of the podcast forever but yeah i love you guys yeah let me know who your favorite outlast character is and i'll catch you in the next one not really sure who the characters are gonna be if there is any more i'm not sure but if they're not i'll continue this regardless talk to you later bye